Welcome again to Comic Connoisseurs. Uh, this is your host, Ben. Uh, tonight we will be talking about uh, some of our biggest friends in comic books. Uh, you, of course, know uh, JT from Saskatoon. Howdy. And, of course, uh, coming from my other podcast, Animation Aficionados, uh, TV's Mr. Neil. Excelsior, true believer. Okay, not bad. And, uh, <laughs> of course, uh, first Stan part... Stan Lee, what are you doing here? <laughs> of course, Getting a first... lap dance. <laughs> yes. Of course, first part of the show, we will talk about the latest uh, the latest issues out and about and uh, what our recommendations are for this week. All right, looking at the list. Uh, of course, uh, brought to you by ComicList.com. Uh, I'm looking at this list here. What is Skyward, JT? I have never read Skyward. I haven't either, honestly. Okay. Well, Action Lab. Yeah, I don't think I've actually heard of that publishing company before. I just okay. Haven't. I just looked at the cover. I don't know if this is my thing. It looks a bit um, not my thing. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Archie Comics, of course, still releasing Archie, and uh, I'm sure there's a beach episode in there somewhere. Yes, and of course, more Sonic the Hedgehog. But still try to force this weird Satan bullshit, but we've already talked about that. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Um, okay, Bongo Comics still doing just The Simpsons. Well, they cut, uh, finished doing the Futurama comic? Mm. I think they're still publishing that. I imagine they are. And yeah. Of course, Antarctic Press, Gold Digger. Love Gold Digger. Y'all read Very Gold pretty, Digger? I'll have to read it someday. What? Said it looks very pretty. I'll have to read it someday. Brainy I, blonde with glasses, Neil. And her sister yep. is like a jaguar woman or something, as I recall. I cheetah have, woman. Cheetah woman. Okay. Cheetah yeah, but but, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's 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 not for me. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Adventure Time Comics by uh, Boom Studios here. Mm. Let's see. Is that the new Spooktacular special? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Only Hellraiser comic? Yes, they do. Huh. I don't read it. It's uh, I'm not I'm not a big fan of Clive Barker. You know what I mean? I've never read like you know the books of blood or anything. I mean, the most Clive Barker I've ever entertained myself with is like the first three Hellraiser movies and uh, that Lord of Illusions with Bacula. Okay. I've never read the comic books. And what's the other one? Uh, Nightbreed. Yes. You know. And. Let's see here. Uh, there is uh, the next issue of uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender comic book by Dark Horse. Uh, should check it out. It's uh, the art's pretty good. The story is pretty much filling in the blanks between the Avatar and Korra. So it's something to check out if you're a fan of both shows. And uh, <laughs> chasing Korra. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. <laughs> we know we know you'd like to chase Korra, Neil, but. <laughs> Well, who wouldn't, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just that first episode of that, I'm the Avatar, and you got to deal with it. And I was like, oh, Jesus, what her parents must be paying in therapy bills. <laughs> but uh, ob- obviously, I-, I am a fan of the Avatar franchise, and uh, anything that's extra in it, I would I-, I would gladly grab, unless it happens to be live action and done by ShamWow. Shamalama Ding Dong? Yeah, Shamalama Ding Dong. Uh, okay. So Dark Horse, the, the new Itty Bitty Hellboy came out this week, which is the, I forget the name of the artist. He did the Tiny Titans over at DC. You know, I was never a fan of Tiny t- Titans. 
it's, I wasn't a big fan of that either because it's. I originally got onto that title because uh, it, it kills me. Is the guy that did Patrick the Wolf Boy hmm. for years, and uh, you know he's doing the art on Itty Bitty Hellboy, and it's all like kid versions of like you know Hellboy and Abe Sapien and Liz Sherman and the. It feels uh, like Muppet Babies, but with those characters, doesn't it? Yeah, the, the Muppet Babies by way of the BPRD. Yeah, it's it's a weird feeling that I don't know if I can agree with. I'm sorry, I don't know if I can. And can't uh, get hooked on a feeling, Ben. Uga chaka, Hi, uga uga. Yeah. But uh, okay, let's go to uh, DC Comics. Let's see here. Oh, Art Baltazar. That's the name of the artist. But looking at DC Comics, uh, let's see here. We got uh, several Batman, uh, Bat Family titles here damien son of batman i never agreed with damien as an idea you know what i mean it just felt like a weird idea damien yeah. and, if, and and i know that i know how continuity is he's here we're stuck with him but i, I still don't agree with it still still gave me gave us one of the best batman panels and the first few issues of damien showing up the comics where he's just like bitching at batman batman just turns out shut up or papa spank no, he just yells "shut up," and Damien's like "yes, sir," which is about the only time he's ever not been a complete dick. It's uh, or Papa Spank, and yeah. <laughs> but, oh, that look uh, that Aquaman annual. I picked it up this week. Yes, I'm gonna say one good thing about the new Fifty Two, the Aquaman title. Has I have yet to read an issue of that and not come away smiling, and the fact that they. One of the things that I think the best things about this Aquaman title is like they don't con and they've they've given him like a backstory beyond just being Atlantean and the king of Atlantis. There's this whole backstory of how he had this other adventuring team called the Others before the Justice League, where they all each member has like some Atlantean relic that gives them some like weird power. And just kind of it was more of like a in that idea, it's like more of a pulp sense because there's like this guy called the operative who's like this 90 year old super spy or a Vostok who's like this Russian cosmonaut who's got a, a helmet that basically lets him like survive open vacuum in space or Aquaman's got the trident. And what does that do Aquaman enough? It'll do. Pig. Yeah, it'll, it'll do. do pig. And I was just looking the list here is like, they actually gave the DC 1 million story at hardcover. I love DC One Million. It's one that I believe that was uh, Wade's idea. Yeah, Mark Wade and oh, who did the art on that? Now I gotta look this up. Well, lots of people did art in DC One Million, but uh, uh, I was actually, like actually, core mini. have to correct. It was Grant Morrison who created DC yes. One Million. Val Semeckis is the art I was thinking of, at least in the core miniseries, not all the one shots. Although, uh, did you read the One Million story at all, Neil? Um, no. It's basically a version of the Justice League from the year 1 million. Well, actually, it was like the year 850-some thousand, because the idea is they went a million issues, issues from detect from Action Comics number one. Ah, that's right. That you, You're that, right. You're right. I stand corrected. So, the Ju Justice Legion A, because there's like Justice Legion A through Z, and then Justice Legion 2.0, and... All this, the Justice Legion A comes back to the present, sends the everyone to the future, except Batman, because he's like, screw you guys. 
And then DC, like the one million Batman, zaps Batman and sends his spirit to the future in a cloned body. Because that's how shit works. Well, that's how it worked in the John Carter of Mars. Technically. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> John Carter wasn't that much of a dick. And then Have they, you ever read the books? Not for years. Yeah. I read I read most of the the old like uh uh the old DC John Carter. No, no, in the book books John Carter's okay. a dick. Okay. <laughs> but uh, but that's beside the point. Let's see here. Uh you know, I'm I'm looking at this list here. Uh, Green Lantern annual. You know, I, Green Lantern is such a mess. The only thing they could do to save the Save the mythos, save the save the continuity, save interest is get rid of the fucking rainbow spectrum. Apparently, that's what they're trying to do with this new storyline. If my understanding is correct, it's still but, a painful process. It's like you need to go in to 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 get your hernia fixed, but it's going to hurt all the way through. Yeah. And, why and did they still? Why did they still have the rainbow of lanterns? Did, wasn't that the old continuity? No, that was never in the continuity. That was a brand oh. new invention by Jeff. I am a hack, Johns. Technically, wasn't that invented by Alan Moore in that one Green Lantern special back in the eighties? Not really. That was like a one-off idea. Well, you know, tomato, tomato, and just saying. I mean, yeah, the... in each, in each one, each one has a spirit animal. Each yeah. color has a spirit. It's the fucking Power Rangers. Oh God. Oh, and the, the, that's the not frog? the worst. What? <laughs> Oh god! I'm a frog. <laughs> that hurt. That hurts. <laughs> oh, that's not the worst part, Ben. And, and the, the the worst part about this is the main villain of the current storyline in Green Lantern is basically a Galactus ripoff. He is from the, the universe. No, he is uh, this that, new that guy is called a Galactus ripoff. Though no, they got another Galactus ripoff now. Who this guy named Relic, who's like from the universe before, and you know that's the, Imperiax. The, yeah, well, it's not Imperiax. It's the exact same origin story as Imperiax. But according to the New 52, Imperiax never happened. It's the same fucking character. Oh, my God. See? Even they don't know what they're doing. Neil, Neil, it's, uh, to, to give you some backstory, like like uh, almost a decade ago, they, they DC did this mega crossover called Our Worlds at War. Where basically it was uh, where War, War, War World controlled by brainiac shows up apocalypse shows up and earth is there and all three of them are fighting imperiax who shows up who wants to like destroy all of reality and eat it to recreate reality and lots of people die i mean lots of people die in this it was it was a summer crossover event if i've ever seen one and uh Superman goes Super Saiyan in this. I am not fucking kidding. He goes Super Saiyan and does the fusion dance with Strange Visitor in this comic. This really happens. This is a thing. Yeah, it, it did, Neil. I, oh, God, it's all coming back. <laughs> this really, yeah, this is a thing. It I'm sending Super you my therapy bills, Ben. The, 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 the Superman's version of going Super Saiyan is he jumps in the sun and he comes out looking like he's on fire and glowing with glowing hair. It's weird. It's stupid. And it was drawn by Ed McGinnis. Oh, boy. And Superman pushes War World after Imperiax absorbs it back in time. Yes, this this has actually happened. Back in time to offset the Big Bang with, the big, with Imperiax doing the Big Bang himself. 
and that's how Empirics creates himself because bullshit. Suddenly, Superboy punching reality doesn't sound so stupid. <laughs> no, it sounds exactly as stupid as it is. <laughs> this this and it's actually... not Superboy. His name is Super Bitch. Okay, let's get it right, Neil. <laughs> okay, and that's I'm just that is. The story of Imperiex, but apparently Imperiex isn't a thing anymore, and they recreate Imperiex with a different name. Yeah, pretty much. This is stupid. No, but I mean, if you move down the list to Dynamite, they, they've got something I've been looking forward to. I picked up this week. It's the reboot of the Army of Darkness comics. Ooh. Uh, Ash and the Army of Darkness. With uh, And I got the Ben Templesmith cover, which is sweet. Uh, it basically starts at the end of Army of Darkness with, you know, Ash telling Ted Raimi, you know, I could have been a king. But you know, in oh, my, in some ways, I am king. Yeah. Basically, Delta the king, to, baby. Yeah. And I, I never finished, unfortunately, I still haven't picked up the last couple of trades of the previous Army of Darkness series. So I don't know how that they ended that off. And then they've still they're still doing the... Hack slash meet versus Army of Darkness crossover, which is actually pretty good. I was kind of bummed out how, how when they ended that title, but I guess you can only go with a slasher film so far. But no, the our Ashley Army of Darkness it begins at the end of Army of Darkness. Uh, you know, Ash didn't say the words exactly right, and Latu Rada <coughs> <laughs> necktie nickel. Like that, and well, I don't want to spoil it, but a uh, character from the film has been possessed by the power of the Deadites, and well, all hell is broken loose. Of course, that's I how see. things go there. But yeah, it's about the only thing I read from Dynamite right now was like you know the Army of Darkness and all that. I was, I did read like the first of uh, like Mar- like the Green Hornet comics they were putting out. I read most of the series that started with the Kevin Smith issues, but now just a lot of it fell off. I've fallen off the dynamite wagon there. The the only thing I collected from them lately was that uh, masks miniseries where it's like the Avengers of Pulp Fiction. So it's basically a team up between the Black Bat, Zorro, the Shadow, Cato and the Green Hornet, uh, the Green Llama, Miss Fury. You know, wholesome heroes, really. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, not so wholesome. Let's face it. Yeah. They kill people like nothing. So uh, let's see here. They also have Shadow Year One here. Because we were all clamoring for the origin of the Shadow. Yeah, who knows the evil that lurks in the hearts of men? I wish they didn't. I wish they would have had that line in the movie. I mean, they have the, the, the weed of crime bears bitter fruit, but they didn't have, you know, Alec Baldwin rattle off the rest of that line and then do the laugh, so. Well, it's it's Alec Baldwin. He's too busy selling uh, credit Something. cards. Yeah. Okay. Much. So let's see here. What else is on this list? Uh, okay. IDW, of course, doing other people's properties. We have Kiss Kids. Neil, you would read Kiss Kids, wouldn't you? No. Is it what I think it is? Yes. It's think. It's like itty bitty Hellboy, except with Kiss. Kiss. <laughs> Are you oh, okay, I told you Neil? what I, I told you what I thought of Kiss, right? That basically you don't want to rock and roll all night. The only good album was uh, Creatures of the Night, and everything else can go to hell. Yeah. Yes. 
And then you but, made mention of uh, how can you be a somebody said who, who can be a rock star with a lisp? Yeah. Well, who could be in anything with a lisp? Who could be an animator with a lisp? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so only someone who who makes Lord of the Rings. But I do see Danger Girl. I've never read Danger Girl, but the Neither covers always fascinate me. No, that's but they always have girls on them. Could it be that simple? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, Danger Girl was a good comic. Like that's one I've been reading for years. They actually had a was a few months back. They had Danger Girl crossed over with GI Joe, and it was like firmly the GI Joe out of the Marvel comics. Excellent. Because here's the thing: like Danger Girl initially was pretty much uh, J. Scott Campbell's love letter to GI Joe, because in the initial series they fight against the Hammer Empire, and at one point, you run into a this like woman who's obviously speaking in a Russian accent with like a different dress, but it's the Baroness. And then this guy over here is like this Frankensteinian monster with like a backpack full of like evil goo that keeps him alive is like Serpentor. And there's a mad scientist who's quite obviously you know Doctor Mindbender. They they've even got uh, Destro. Uh, yeah, actually, I think the Frankenstein guy was kind of like Destro. Uh, they even had like a Snake Eyes and the Storm Shadow allegories for the good and bad guys. Like there's Agent Zero who like always speaks in a hushed whisper, and then the Storm Shadow is this guy who's like his sword brother, but he's blind and still the world's deadliest assassin. It ended about as well as you thought it would for at least in their fight. Yeah, and so... they've had miniseries through the years, but yeah, this new one I haven't read yet. So. Uh, the last one, they, they kill off characters. They bring in, hey, this is my sister. She's an adventurer, too. Can she join the team? <laughs> and and their leader, uh, is it Dutch or something, is totally Sean Connery. Ah, Let's continue oh, yeah. here. Let's continue on this list here. Um, my Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Powerpuff Girls, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Transformers Comics from IDW. I wouldn't pick up any of those. Why not, Ben? Because it, it doesn't, because I'll be very frank, I don't see anything that they can do that would be interesting or new to the property that I would be going out of my way to get. Does that make sense? I, I can kind of get that. It's just my whole thing with the, uh, like with their Transformers, like, I and mean, I've been reading it for years, like, I've got a nearly complete run of the Dreamwave comics, is they started slow and they slowly built up the mythology. And then they just got rid of the humans. And since then, they've actually made the characters like this is, I mean, sure, it's Transformers and there's characters we know from the toys and the cartoon and all that. But they actually made them characters and made them matter. And there's not even a whole like the war is over and it's more how do they move on and deal with shit now? It, but part of the problem I have with this was, at least I was told about this, and I didn't agree with this, was basically there were a there were a, uh, a faction of Cybertronians that refused to be Autobots or Decepticons. They were like, hey, we didn't ask for this war. Autobots, go away. And Optimus Prime's like, okay, we're sorry. And then, they, and then the Autobots leave Cybertron because the conscientious, uh, conscientious objectors that didn't feel... Strongly enough to fight for their homes, didn't want the war heroes to reclaim their home. Basically. And uh, I'll let Neil handle that part. Well, I, I don't know. It was your point. I... But, but well, Neil, what do you think of that kind of storyline? 
I really, without reading it, I really don't know what to say. I don't know. Okay. I was expecting something about, you know, here's a bunch of guys that wouldn't even fight for their home and they think they got a say on what's going on. Yeah, I suppose, but okay. I don't know. Okay, so I'm looking at uh, Witchblade and over at Image Comics. You know, I never, I, I kind of get the concept of Witchblade. I get it. I've read it, but uh, I, I don't think I've followed it for many years. I was following it for a while when they did this kind of quasi reboot. When was I? Don't think it was when Ron Mars took over the title a few years ago, where it ended. They they weren't even fully done with like the previous case with you know Sarah Pizzini and her partner in the last issue and then the, I think it was like issue 80 comes out and it's like six months later and she's been in a coma for a month and for it's just they did this like yo know, skip ahead sort of thing it's kind of like the one year later thing that DC did after Infinite Crisis mm. and and it worked because it was like a kind of almost completely clean break and it was an easy point for me to jump on the title and I haven't I stopped reading Witchblade just because they had they had this artifacts crossover where because there's like the Witchblade and the Darkness and the Angelus and there's like these 13 artifacts of power and they're going to destroy the world if they're ever brought together blah blah and then they do like basically a DC reboot which is another jumping on point for people I haven't read since they've done that so I've always kind of liked the idea though I mean admittedly when I first started reading the comic back in the day it's (laughs) she's got titties but I was in high school and I didn't know things. Yes. Yes, I I have heard this story before. But let's get to Marvel Comics. We have we, we're almost out of time for the solicitations. We haven't even hit Marvel Comics yet. Okay. Oh, what the hell is Avengers AI? I think it's about all the Avengers that are robots. Well, it stands to reason. I have absolutely no interest. Based on that, I have no interest in reading it. And none of them blink. <laughs> Unless they've been programmed to. <laughs> you know, it's like, what's her name that was uh, supposed to be uh, Ultron's bride, but was a good guy that had the wasps like memory pattern? Jocasta. Yes, yes, yes. I, I can never pronounce those weird names. Jocasta, yeah. And, uh, and Vision's there, and uh, a couple of other of robots. Uh, it, it's basically Robot Avengers. Okay. And uh, let's see here. Uh, Captain America Living Legend. Walt Simonson drew a variant cover. I like that. Well, oh, yes. Deadpool kills Deadpool. <laughs> that actually has been a lot of fun to read. <clears throat> Just I Does, don't Deadpool, read does Deadpool still have that shield agent in his head? I think he does. That a was female, A female shield agent, nonetheless. Well, he already had two other voices in there. Yeah. You know, so Infinity came out. I've, I've actually been digging that crossover. It just I, it just yeah. kind of seems back-asswards when you got the Avengers out in fa- space fighting, you know, one set of bad guys, and then Thanos is, you know, just basically bumming around Earth doing whatever the F he wants. No one's really trying to stop him. I got to be honest here. It's a, I've never gotten into kick-ass. I mean, Romina Jr. is a hell of an artist, but... Miller, Millar, I've, I've never liked his writing. And it, this is like Drek. This is a, I'm smarter than you, Drek, that he writes that I cannot stand. The, the pretentiousness, like, reeks and leaks off the pages. Yeah, no, I've, I read, like, 
I like to uh, wanted. I like the first wanted's ending was fuck you reader. You made me rich. Fuck you. You're 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 a Neanderthal. That was wanted's ending. How how could you like wanted? I said I liked it. I didn't say I loved it. I mean, I liked it because there were some moments in there that I really liked, like where there's the guy who's the uh, parasite allegory and he's chasing after, well, basically Eminem, because that's what you know the main character Wesley was drawn to look like. Which you know, which which just shows how much uh, Mark Millar sucks. He decided to make a comic book where Eminem is an assassin. It, it's it's like this is stupid. I, I mean, at least uh, when uh, when. Uh, other people make characters based off somebody. They pick somebody cool. This is true. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, saying, uh, they, you know, a good had... example of this is when Alan Moore created John Constantine. He says he's gonna look like he's gonna look like fucking Sting. And you know, what? I'd rather have a character based off of Sting than fucking Eminem. We're talking the musician, not the wrestler. Yeah, Sting, the musician. Yes. Of the police. That's who because, John Constantine is supposed to be looked like. Because Sting the Wrestler just looks like the crow, and that would just be weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, but... No, I just, like, aside from Wanted, and I'm like saying about the Parasite thing, it's like he's chasing after him. I've got all the powers of, like, this Superman knockoff. Yeah, and it only lasts for three, two, one. And they literally have this Bugs Bunny moment where he looks at Eminem, and he's like, fuck you, as he falls. <laughs> you know. It's yeah, I'm st- I'm still not a fan, but yeah. uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, you, you said you are reading Wolverine and the X Men though. Yeah. You you still okay with it? Yeah, I'm still okay with it. I mean, and what's really interesting to me is, and I and we got to mention that the uh, the uh, Days of Future Past uh, trailer mm-hmm. is you know Wolverine taking on a mentorship role. I like this idea a lot because you. you because you know this is something that writers are pushing at because Wolverine is like the worst job as a as a patient mentor and he's forced into this role and I like seeing him trying to be something he's not. Yeah, I mean even in the Battle X Men Battle of the Atom number two there towards the end of that book Cyclops is like so what you're Professor Wolverine now do you have any idea how ridiculous that sounds and then Wolverine just basically yeah fuck you. <laughs> Which is exactly how I want Wolverine to be. He's like, yeah, he might not be comfortable in the role, but at least he's trying to do something positive. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, let's see here. Uh, I think that's pretty much all the solicitations we have to go through right now. Uh, let's, uh, we're going to have a quick break, and we'll come back with the show topic. It's time for intermission, boys and girls. Like animation? Come listen to Animation Aficionados. And if you disagree with us, you could be a guest on a future show. Available on iTunes? the Zoom market, and animationaficionados.com. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe news, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe talk meets sports talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right, and we pay again? Come on, Chuck. We're just 
just kidding, kinda. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right, and we... Okay, seriously, this is just getting ridiculous now. It's What's On Joe Mind, every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about Transformers, can I? Good No. What about sports? That sounds good. Yeah, that's all right. It's action. It's drama. It's comedy. It's Decian, the superhero webcomic. Decian has superhero antics and sexy girls. Catch updates weekly at Decian.com and NoSuperPants.com. And now, back to the show. And we're back. Uh, tonight's topic is we're going to talk about friends of ours that are big in comic books. And we'll just talk about our experiences with them and and how much knowledge they shared with us. And uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll gale you with some of the whammies I hit the JT with back in the day. Because... Mm-hmm. I have this sort of, uh, I have this sort of, uh, you, could, you could call it almost like a mutant power where I, I can find like the worst comic books ever, store the information in my mind, and then recall it to scar my friends. Uh, like, uh, you know, Uncle Owen killing Darth Maul with a uh, space shotgun. Or the Green Rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jackson. That, I, 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 when, when he laid the Green Rabbit on me, I, I almost needed clean shorts. I'm and, not going to lie. But uh, one of my favorites is Black Punisher. <laughs> oh. See, I knew about that. Like, I was such a huge Punisher freak as a kid. Because it's like, oh, he's awesome. He wears black with a skull and he kills criminals with guns. And why is he a black guy now? Well, it wore off. They <laughs> dyed me this color. It's just You think he just started rubbing up against a brick wall trying to wear the, you know, the melatonin out of his skin or something but that doesn't explain his broad nose fortunately i had the same disorder as michael jackson yeah (laughs) and he he disproved the old adage that he did go back (sighs) i guess if you do go black you can go back (laughs) (laughs) but yes i i am one of those guys that has almost encyclopedic knowledge of really old weird bad comics it's uh for 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 years actually uh, when i was uh, much younger i used to uh i wouldn't call it performance art but it kind of was it, it, i get a group of my friends and i would tell them about some bad comics like uh, uh like years and years ago I, I used to tell them about this ridiculous comic book called superman at, at earth's end where uh superman had a beard and had a giant gun with like 107 barrels on it and uh, there were two Hitler clones in it. And I said, this comic's so bad it doesn't have one, but two Hitler clones. And, and I actually did this whole thing about, you know, you know, two for the price of one deal whenever I described this to friends. They, they, were, they always found it funny. They cracked up. <sighs> yep. What, 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 JT? <laughs> no, I, I'm just randomly, for some reason, revving an argument I had with... with I was talking to my roommate about this earlier. We were, we were talking about Superman, and this is like, I was a huge, I've always been a huge comics nerd. And I remember getting into some argument about Superman with a friend when I was having lunch with him this one day back in high school. And it's me and my buddy Curtis, we're going off, and our art teacher comes by, and for the life of me, I can't remember her name. But we're having an argument about which Superman was better, blueberry or raspberry flavor. And yes, this was in the era where Superman was Electro. Oh, you're talking about Superman Blue, Superman Red. 
like I said, raspberry and blueberry. Blueberry. Yeah. So she's sitting there and she says, uh, and she knows my art teacher knew me to be a comics fan. She's like, Jonathan, what happened to Superman? And back in high school, if you think I'm bad now where I can go off for five minutes talking about a topic without barely taking a breath, imagine what I was like back then. You described and, the whole electric Superman's arc to your art teacher in length, did you not? No, no. I, I managed, for the grace of God, I managed to hold off on that. I looked at her and I said, supervillains. And she's like, explain. Supervillains trapped electric, super, electric blue Superman in a big glass jar. Explain further. Okay, it was the cyborg Superman, the Time Man, and they tried to storm by ripping him apart. And he, by the sheer force of his will, he brought himself back together, but then decided he could do twice as much if he was two different people. And how did he become Electra in the first place? Uh, he dove into the sun to save the world, because I think that's how it happened at the end of Final Night, and he got like turbocharged by the sun, and he just turned into a mass of living energy. And then she walked away satisfied and he my friend curse like he's like you actually explained something like that in less than five minutes i know what's wrong with me no that no the electric superman arc is extremely hard to explain to people who only know the basic stuff about superman and uh well it's more so the fact that like i would go off on for five minutes and just give you every possible statistic and storyline annotation and i was just like i did that with only three breaths <laughs> I was better now. It's like I can almost explain Grant Morrison some days, but it wow. depends on how it, it, it depends on uh, how little sleep I've had. So, who's your big comic book ultra guru friend, uh, JT? Uh, honestly, there are. I have yet to meet. I, I'm like the biggest amongst my friends. There, there are some people like uh, there are huge nerd comic nerds that I haven't talked to for years, like my friend Nick, who was the Randall to my Dante. Mm. And the reason I say that is at the time I met Nick, I was working in the Seven Eleven on the graveyard shift, and he worked like a block over at an adult video store that was twenty four hours a day. And you know we got to talking about stuff like Kevin Smith and you know like. Him doing, like, it was around the time, you know, Daredevil had come out, uh, like, Kevin Smith's Daredevil had come out, so we got to know each other over that. And we'd, like, argue over, you know, who was, like, better artist and all that, who was, like, the better Spider-Man artist. And my favorite of all time, I still say the best Spider-Man artist is Ramita Jr. Senior. Senior, sorry. Shame on you. I like Ramita Jr., but Daddy is better. Senior kicks Junior's ass. Although, but when I it comes to motorcycles, it's the opposite way. Junior is a better than Senior in motorcycles. Talk about the Tuttles there. Mm-hmm. And we already, although with my favorite Spider-Man artist, I'd say some like Mark Bagley's up there too. It's so it's kind of a neck and neck between you know him and Senior. Gil Kane. Yeah, hadn't considered that. But no, I mean, there's like my friend Nick and. It's just, I've always known, like, a lot of people. Like, there's also my friend uh, Donnie Sparrow. Uh, he's, like, a local comic book artist here. He used to work at uh, Amazing Stories uh, comic book store here in town. We'd go in. We'd have, like, a nice, we'd have, like, nice long checks. We'd talk about stuff like, you know, what was the best era of Wildcats? And, you know, how long is it going to be before Marvel starts doing DC-style reboot, continuity reboots and such like that? It's not that I've ever known, like, huge, like, just 
see, I live in the middle of Saskatchewan, which is in the middle of Canada, and a lot of their there are big nerds out here, but we don't go Walt Flanagan. <laughs> you know. You know so so me. so your answer is the biggest comic book nerd you know is me. Well, I would say the biggest comic book nerd to know is the face I see in the mirror every day, but sure, we'll go with that. You always because know we, the mirror never lies. Because, yeah. because you because I've hit you with whammies you didn't know about, remember? Yeah, I actually got comic books off you because of the shotgun thing. Yes. <laughs> yes, Uncle Owen with the space shotgun killed. Did I ever tell you about that, Neil? Uh, I don't think so. Well, after I got over my shock of Uncle Owen taking out Darth Maul with a space shotgun. A Super, a super Saiyan Sith robot leg Darth Maul, that is. Yeah, it's with the uh, horns uh, 12 feet high and robo goat legs. And I walked into A Street Books and Comics here in Saskatoon, which is the store I go to weekly for my books. And there's my buddy Neil. Not you, but another Neil. Yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to be clear. And I was like, I was literally. He <laughs> <laughs> was staying in front of Terrence Stamp. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I was talking to Neil, and I had, I had spent all my money on that pile of comic books and a couple of trades that week already. And there was like this one Spider-Man I was missing, and I bet Neil, I forget what the sum was, but I bet him that if I can't shock you, you know, with some st- comic trivia, you know, you you buy me this comic if I do it. And I showed him that, and he literally, his eyes pop. <laughs> his jaw drops. He looks at me, looks back to the comic, looks at me, and says, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and I was, I'm sitting there, I, I've slowly developed this, this uh, shit-eating grin on my face for no apparent reason. It's the grin, and, grin from Christmas. Oh, Christmas. oh God, yes, it was. I, I Jim carried that son of a bitch, and he's it's like, well, what are you talking about, Neil? But I don't want to buy you comics, John. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, but we shook on it, and then uh, there's uh, my ninja Stacy working the counters, and I call her that because she's actually studying ninjutsu. Uh, she's like, I witnessed it. Yeah, I saw it. You shook on it. You owe him a comic book now, Neil. And Neil just turns around with this screw you <laughs> look on his face. And I was like, yeah. And, and I should have saved it, but I didn't, Ben. And then I dropped the rabbit on him. Oh, no. And he just looked at me and he's just like, fuck you. <laughs> Big green money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, what's Bucky O'Hare doing in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> and, and then he looked, he, he he looked at me again with that look that, well, wished a thousand daggers to fall upon me <laughs> with great fury. Uh, but no, it's like I know a lot of like just like decent, good, long conversations about you know what we would do if we had this chance or. You know, if we were in charge of DC Comics and stuff, like, we just had, like, good long conversations, but, like I said, I don't really know anyone that's gone Walt Flanagan on me. Mm. I mean, I've gone Walt Flanagan on people, but <laughs> I'm the only, only I'm really aware of that. <laughs> well, let me tell you about, uh, Neil and I, we have a friend that we've worked together in the past on comic projects named, uh, Al Schroeder. Fantastic creator, great guy, friendliest person you'd ever talk to. He, uh, 
he is like, you know, he is like the Galactus of comic knowledge. I mean, I mean, he is steeped in it. You, you ask him about obscure, weird characters no one would know about, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, that, that was created by da-da-da-da-da and da-da-da-da year, and you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Al's a great guy. Al's a great guy, and uh, he... But Neil, you take it from here about Al. Oh, well, Al was one of the first guys I met doing webcomics, and he's like, I think he literally was the first one who sent me fan art, like literally like a couple weeks after I started. And yeah, he he just has this wealth of knowledge. He he's like dropping weird references in the crossover lord that like I didn't get and And he and sometimes I have to explain them to Neil and Neil's like, Oh, okay, that's what the yeah. references and Yeah, he really did I think he, he more than anyone appreciated that uh that crisis cover I did with uh Yes. <laughs> that was so fun to do. Yes, and uh there there's other there's others too, um but yeah, it's a, Neil and I have worked with lots of great, fantastic people that are that are just steep in comic knowledge, and some others who aren't that great and they're fantastic are not as steep in comic knowledge. But uh, that's another story. Uh, but uh, I also had some benefit that uh, when I was younger, uh, uh, you know, I I was really looking to become a comic book artist, and I was actually mentored by a guy who used to work for Marvel in DC, and and uh, mostly Charlton has. 80% of his, his, uh, of his career was at Charlton Comics. Uh, I mentioned his name several times in the past. I'm not going to name drop now. But he, he taught me a lot, too, because he physically knew these guys. He knew Steve Ditko. He said personally that Steve Ditko, every time he, Steve Ditko showed up, he always had extra copies of Atlas Shrugged because he always says, Yo, you have to read this. Oh, you have to read Atlas Shrugged. You have to. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I know. No, Steve Ditko is like a big-time libertarian. I mean, super big time libertarian. Well, isn't that like half the reason uh, that the sh- the question was like so black and white? Yes, and, like, it, like well, in the that, stories that, that he did. Well, well, the thing is, uh, Steve Ditko is a libertarian objectivist, like you wouldn't believe, and uh, and I've I've only heard secondhand stories of Steve Ditko from my mentor. But uh, the thing is, Steve Ditko actually is a friendly person who can have conversations with people. And he's like I said, he's he's an objectivist libertarian, but he is also a has enough of a personality that he can get along with uh, people in an industry that is prevalent with uh, with liberal Democrats. <laughs> so that shows he actually does have people skills. And uh, and I've met other people who claim to be libertarian objectivists, and let's just leave it there. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I've heard so many horror stories about Ditko. Well, not horror stories, but from like, you know, I've read them online, talked to some people. Like, you, you hear all this stuff about the guy. The guy got screwed big time by Stanley. You think? Big time. And in uh, Marvel in general, Marvel in general screwed everybody big time. They screwed, they screwed Jack Kirby big. They screwed Steve Ditko big. I mean, everyone who was a creator back then got screwed something fierce and uh if and that's the thing it, it's sort of like hard to see you know all your hard work being screwed away and then you know people you know after the true history is revealed still believes this uh this line about some guy who was the who was the nephew of the original owner of timely creating everything when the only reason he ever got a job there was because he played his flute too damn loud and uh, jack kirby and joe simon threw him a letter of 
threw threw him a stack of letters and said, here, answer these letters so you can stop playing that damn flute. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just like I said, it's like, I mean, you guys have met, like, more people. Like, I've met some people in the industry, like, you know, in the first episode, like, I met and embarrassed myself in front of one of my heroes. Tom Grummet. Tom Grummet. Ninja Turtle, please. Oh, did you listen to the first episode, Neil? I listened to it, yeah. Did, did you have a big smile when it came to that part? That was pretty funny. Okay, we're not going to talk about it again. <laughs> Turtle power. Oh, I'm going to hurt you someday, Ben. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's like I've just growing up, like I knew like three or four guys in high school who were big comic fans like me. Like there is um, like my buddy Curtis, my friend Ryan, you know, a couple of the guys. Ryan's actually the guy. No, I mean, don't blame me. Like I was just getting into collecting, and there was this big thing coming out called Heroes Reborn, where okay. you know, the, you know, and I he was going to like Regina, which is like the capital of Saskatchewan, and he went to wait, a wait, 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 wait. What's the name of it again? Regina. <laughs> Okay, good for you. Are you sure? You got anything else you want to get out of here, Ben? You're okay. Just checking. So he goes to Regina to Apocalypse Comics, and he gets me the first issues of the four Marvel titles that are getting you know rebooted. And he just is like, hey, you know, if you want me to pick you up, he didn't even ask for me to pay him back. You know, it's just that's the sort of big comic fans that I knew growing up. Guys are just like salt of the earth. Like that is like, Fuck, yeah, I'll just pick that up for you. No, no worries. You know, and we used to have, like, he was the biggest, uh, he was a huge Marvel guy back in Like, as I remember, you know, we'd have, you know, the long discussions about best like storylines, like X-Men. We'd sit there and cause we had read like a lot of back issues of X-Men. So when they do like the Phoenix saga and the TA X-Men TAS series, and I was like, oh, that's that not isn't what the what... series actually called. Yeah. That's not well, what the series what... was actually called. It was though. X-Men. Fox is X-Men. But, well, uh... you know what I mean. But, yeah, so I, I knew guys <laughs> like that, that we just have, like, these arguments. I had Curtis was about the only guy I knew in high school that liked Image Comics. Because of all the people I knew that liked comics, very few of them, and by few I mean me and Curtis, were about the only guys that liked anything that came out of Image at the time. And I can't figure out why. Like, we just had a lot more, like, as far as getting comic books as a kid, it was almost strictly superheroes growing up. That was because we had, like, the two or three mom-and-pop convenience stores in town. You know, we had the 7-Eleven. We had Shoppers, Drug Mart. uh, Were the only places we could get comic books. So we didn't really get into other genres until I moved to Saskatoon and I met more, more people. But... It's just, I don't know any really, like, how you guys know, you know, you guys know more Walt Flanagan's than I do. It's just, I know, like, me and Nick, and that's about it. Everyone else is just, you know, either manga or they're way into certain artists, but no one's, like, really big that you would notice. Mm. It's just, you know, if you went to their house and saw, I've seen some of my friends' collections, well, yeah. But, like, my friend Neil here, like, he's a huge uh, bust collector, so he's got, like, dozens of, like, small and big busts all over. He's got, like, the head head bust of the thing mm. that came out years ago. Oh, I got a story to tell you that I think you'd enjoy. It's uh, All right. 
uh, this about uh, several people I know that are big in comics. Uh, way, way, way back when, there were many, many moons ago, uh, I was a member of the Comic Book Resources Forums. I'm not anymore, but I was. And uh, there were several people that were part of the group. Uh, one of them was this guy named Chuck G, who was a huge comic historian kind of guy. Very good debater, really awesome kind of guy. And uh, what happened was around the time when uh, Civil War came out. Not so, No, it was it? Yeah, it was Civil War. And everyone knows how Civil War started out, right? Refresh our memory. Uh, Nitro blew up. Uh, oh, City. right. Stanford. Yes. And uh, and uh, it was like a teen superhero team was trying to stop him. Uh, what was the team called again? It was the one that had a reality show. It was uh, shit. I knew this. New yes. Warriors. Yes. And uh, basically there was this whole argument about about uh, about was was superhuman registration right or wrong and uh and what happened was of course it it's wrong it's absolutely wrong and uh and what happened was there was one guy on the forum that went by the the uh, the nickname Jared and uh I bring this up because uh, because uh what happened was Jared said not only was registration right they should take anyone who is found to be possibly a mutant and lock them into an individual cell, and wait until they pop to find out what their power is, and then if the power is harmless, then let them go. And uh, and this was so horrifically bad that everyone started calling calling uh, Jared's vision of what how far registration should go days of future Jared. <laughs> oh. oh, that's just precious. Yeah, so... So it's it's like it's like congratulations you have actually topped the future of days of future past <laughs> where all mutants are before they get powers are are mandatorily blood checked to see if they have a mutant gene and then locked into an airtight cell with a limited oxygen supply suspended kept from moving at all until their mutant power manifests and if it is actually harmless they let them go wow the days of future Jared, yes. Oh, that's just wrong. So if you ever hear me on this podcast making references to days of future Jared, that is where it came from. And oh. because, like I said, it, it's like it took it took it took Miller's idea from day from Civil War and made it worse. Because the the thing the funny thing was uh, was Miller's whole argument was was that uh, that uh, registration is right. Superhuman registration should happen. And uh, that shows how, how touchy he is because, because if one remembers Marvel history, the X-Men have always fought against mutant registration. How is superhuman registration any different other than being a broader blanket term to apply to people who got powers accidentally through science? Yeah, and the, the the sad fucking thing is when Civil War hit, the X Men writers took the easy out by saying, "Oh, the X Men are just gonna stay out of it. The X Men are not taking a side in this, even though this is like a blanket term for mutant registration." At the same time, oh no, we're not gonna take a part in this thing. It's like bullshit, bull fucking shit. Right. And and then the thing goes, "I'm going to Paris." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, civil fucking war was, and the thing is, 
Mark Miller kept on writing uh, Captain America to be an asshole, and people and people the readers still sided with him. And he's like, I don't understand why. It's be- and, and and someone actually explained it to him once. It's because the other side is so morally repugnant. It doesn't matter how badly you write you write Cap. He's on the right side. Right. It's just. <sighs> I just see. I I like the idea of civil war. Like the, it's just so many of the comic fans I knew when that comic was coming out. It's like you would literally have shouting matches where Pat the Stormer would ask guys to leave because they got so wound up by the whole thing. It's just it, it was an interesting hook for the story. It's just I and I agreed. I was like with Capside just because you know. The other side that, was so morally repugnant to you. Well, yeah, just the idea is like, oh, this is the only way it'll work, and you couldn't possibly find a middle of the road. And it's just the idea is like, well, it's more so the idea that, you know, at some point somebody's going to find a way to to game the system and use that information. And, and, and that's the thing. That's the thing. It's exa- it's it, it actually that exactly what happened in the comics, because they always said because Cap actually explained this to Iron Man, saying it doesn't matter if your intentions are pure. If the next person in line is doesn't have pure intentions, he guess what? He has a list of every superhuman ever. Yeah. And then who was next in line? Green Osborne. fucking goblin. There you go. Pipe bomb. <laughs> just just saying. There's well, yeah, your answer. I mean, how how did they end that storyline with Goblin? He was he went uh, crazy again, and uh, was then he became an ama- he became an, uh, a not not a Mezo, uh adaptoid. Yes, you know. So what the hell are you gonna do next? <laughs> and the funny thing is, it's like years of being a crazy ass loon and killing like truckloads of people get it forgiven because he shoots one fucking scroll. Really? Well, he. Can't blame human beings. Well, actually, you can. So it's just it, it, it'd be it'd be like if we were invaded by aliens and Charles Manson shoots the head alien after everything said done. It's like is Charles Manson gonna be president? No. <laughs> oh, he will. I mean, this ain't Saint Row Four. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> oh, that just the sublime feeling of sailing through the air while listening to Stan Bush's The Touch. Oh, you got that that part? Oh, I love that, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I love that song. Yeah, no, get booth next just, to Stan Bush's at a BotCon, and then you won't after five minutes. Yeah. More than over like, and over and over. He might throw in deer once or twice, but over and over and over. <laughs> And maybe just for shits and giggles, he'll throw in the rap version. No! <laughs> well, what's the matter, Neil? Don't you like rap music? No. Rap is crap. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, like I said, I, I know a lot of fans. It's just, I've never really gotten in like any... I've, I've had, when I worked at this uh, Tramps books here in Saskatoon, we, and it was a used... Uh, books and comics and all that and we we did some we did kind of for a while have the service set up where we you know people can drop off an order sheet and we'll order it through diamond i had some guys come in that they were looking for comics that there is no way in hell we would ever have like this comic in the condition you're looking for (laughs) i mean i i've had guys come in looking for like 
mint copies of Amazing Spider-Man like 23, say. That's Something. not possible. No, uh, it's possible. We're just not no one would in their right mind that lives in Saskatoon would pay that much fucking money for it. Well, I also had guys who would come in with uh shall 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 we say slightly uh soiled it copies of Tarot Witch of the Black Rose by Jim Ballant. Oh god. Oh wait, by soiled, what are we talking about here? Uh Let you know your mind do the work, Neil. My mind is doing the work. Okay, let me put it this way. We also traded in uh, old magazines of, like, say, Swank and Club. <laughs> also soiled. No, actually, those we would turn away. It's just, oh, God. Like, just some of the people that come in, they would come in looking for the most ungodly, like, the, the most impossible requests for comics. And I was like, why do you people think, like, we live in the middle of fucking Canada. If you want, like, a, if you're looking for these comics, you got to go to, like, Calgary or Vancouver or Toronto, you know. Pronto. Cal- Toronto. Pronto. Yes. You know, the, yeah. Toronto, Pronto. Pretty much. <laughs> it's just, uh, there are days where I'd go up to Canada, uh, my face would be in my hands. And it's like, excuse me, I'm looking for, please tell me it's not a comic book. Like, I would eventually get so worn down by these guys. That I was like, oh no, I'm looking for this, you know, textbook. Oh yeah, but aisle three back, all the way to the back. That's literally how much, how often I would get these people to come and just wear me down like that. And then occasionally people would come in with, uh, yeah, um, dad. I, the best example this I ever had was this dad came in with his seven-year-old son, and I want some safe, something safer but classic. You know, so I want something good for my kid. And and I was like, well, we got like, you know, the Justice League and the Batman, like animated comic. It's like, no, nah, he collects all those already. And I thought of two titles and I looked at him. Has he ever heard of Spider-Ham? <laughs> Love it. Peter Porker. Exactly. And he's like, and, and you just see the way his eyes lit up and he's like, yes. <laughs> like, he's just, that is brilliant. So, you know, you dug out, and, like, we had, like, like we had, like, long back issues. Like, we had long boxes full of back issues of some titles, or we would only have, like, six issues of one title. So this guy, not only did I sell him on, sell him all the Spider-Ham comics we had, he also bought our entire collection of Captain Carrot and the Amazing Zoo Crew. I love Captain Carrot. And, and the kid, as soon as he saw, he saw... I forget what issue it was, but it's the Bunny Yonder, where, like, this evil rabbit version of the Beyonder, who also kind of looks a bit like Galactus, you know, attacks Earth C minus. And, and the kid just sees it, it's like, oh, just this, like, this is so fucking cool. And I was just like, that's my people. That's your peeps. That's, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my blood, y'all. But it's like it's I mean fans like that. You just the average ordinary people you don't know until you know sort of thing. Right. And and that's the thing. It's uh, you know, my exposure's been pretty good. I've I've always gotten the good books and you know, very rarely the bad. I I'm ashamed to say I actually have our World at War trade paperback, but only because I like to laugh at how bad it is and Ed McGinnis's art. I love laughing at it. Because it it looks like super Saiyan stage two bullshit. 
but uh, everyone's got something. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, that. That's pretty much it. You know, this is. Um, do we have any other stories or people we want to talk about before we end the show? Uh, and there's a couple I can think of, but I'm not so sure they're fit for. You know, oh. it, it's those sort of stories. Is uh, okay. I was working at Tramps. Oh God. And I felt really bad turning because we did like a lot of people would bring in like old comics and books for trade credit or cash, you know, if there was something we felt like buying. And this grandma comes in and she was like some old, like just an ordinary grandma, you know, good people. And she came in with this box full of old Archie digests. Oh, and she wanted to sell them. And I looked them over. And there was a few we could use. Most of them were, like, way too ratty and bug-eared. A lot of them were missing their front and back covers. And she just had, like, this smile on her face. It's like, oh, how are you doing today, my dear? You know, just this old Irish grandmother smile, and you just don't want to piss this woman off. But I had to. <laughs> Because <laughs> we, we wouldn't buy any of these. We'd trade them. But she I could tell from looking at her in that smile that she had her heart set on money. And I was like, I'm sorry, ma'am, but I just can't. And she's like, and she gets this, like, okay, like, disappointed, but not, like, tears disappointed. And she goes out, and I was like, ma'am, what about your comics? And she just kind of ignores me and walks out the door. Wow. And left them there. And a while later, this guy comes in with his family, wife, couple of kids, and he comes up to the counter and uh, did an old lady bring in a bunch of Archie digests a while back? And I'm over to the side, like, gloom the spine to the cover of, like, this hardcover book that came in. And my boss, uh, yeah, she wanted to sell them. We were going to buy them. And we just, she just left him here. It was the weirdest thing. And, and he's like, yeah, that was my mother. She's not right in the head. Ouch. And he wanted the comics back. We're like, uh, why? Well, she pretty much just took them from her grandkids. Ooh. And there's like the little girl and, you know, the younger boys, the girl's like eight and the boy's like well, five. And, and they just got this look as like, yeah, we want our comics back. And I was just like, I wanted to just like we wanted to just we didn't know what to do with them. So we kind of filed them into the what we had on the floor. And I was like, who does that? Like, that's the strangest thing about story comics I have is like, who just takes them from her grandkids? Someone who's not right in the head, but uh... I know, but it's just that happens, and that was the extreme. I got like you know the Peter, the Spider Ham and Captain Carrots thing, and then all the way over here we got this grandmother who apparently needed the money for lottery tickets or something. That's just sick. You know, yeah, some some people just think that way. They're like, oh, the kids are done with these, and they'll just take the comics away, and like yeah, that's how half my that's how. Almost all of my comic collection as a kid just disappeared because I'd be like, "Where are my comics?" And my mom's like, "Oh, you know, you weren't going to be reading them anymore." I'm like, 
Says you. <laughs> hey, what the what? Grew the adventurer back. Or <laughs> grew the wanderer, whatever the hell that was. All right. Yeah, grew the wanderer. So uh, let's uh, let's uh, wrap this show up. I uh, hope you enjoyed the second episode of Comic Connoisseurs. This is your host, Ben. Neil. JT. I almost jumped on that. JT, <laughs> yeah, you first. JT, you first. Okay, JT from Saskatoon. And TV's Mr. Neil. And we're saying goodnight. I'd buy that for a dollar. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. 